Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Man, it's great to be back with you folks this morning. As we continue on with these songs of the night, these uh, these psalms and, and what God's doing, and we're still on this psalm that uh, the Lord inspired Asaph to write. We're in Psalm 77 in those first nine verses that we talked about yesterday. Those things were harder to swallow than, uh, uh, than an apple you don't chew good enough. You know, I had that the other night. I had a little chunk stuck in my, th- I hate that, man. I hate it when stuff gets stuck in there. You know what I'm saying? But anyway... <laughs> We're getting to a place where things get better, or we're getting to a place where decisions start being made there in verse number 10 and a few verses of that. And then we, uh, then we start talking about deliverance and how God gets us out. And with me, as always, is my friend, my co-host, my fellow knucklehead inspector, fellow knucklehead motivator, uh, knucklehead identifier known throughout the world, level 10 knucklehead identifier, Stephanie Wesco. So... <laughs> Stephanie, what what's going on this morning? Oh well, uh, life here is a little chillier today than I wish. It's forty eight. Um, a couple days ago, it was like sixty seven. Wow, that was amazing living there. It's a little chillier today, but you know what? It's not snowing. It's not freezing. It's not raining. So we're going to count those blessings. And forty eight's not terrible. Yeah, it's not terrible. It's just not. You know, I am I am a warm-blooded person. Um, I walked so, in a T-shirt this morning. I did. A, wow. I, I walked uh, 5.8 miles with a T-shirt on this morning, uh, carrying a bottle of water and listening to our podcast and then a couple of others. And, wow. Well, welcome to 48. It's going to be a lot warmer than that at Pensacola next week when we're there recording. Amen to that. Yeah, yeah. So we have this segment. I think it's my turn. So I'll let you ask that very important segment question from the Norton knuckleheaded moment. All right. Well, Doug, we need some words of wisdom this this morning on how to identify a knucklehead. So you might be a knucklehead if. You're a liar. You don't. Oh, ouch. Yeah. Stop lying, man. Just be up front with people. I tell people the truth and it freaks them out. They can't handle the truth. You know, mm-hmm. uh, they they just don't know what it's like uh, to handle the truth. Like I had this missionary. He had got fired. I helped him, helped make him a missionary, took care of the kid. He called me up and, and accused me of doing something three times and then called somebody and lied and said I was doing it because he accused me of that three times. That's a picture of a liar. That's, yep. that's somebody. And, and I taped the conversation, court reported it, you know, because I do that kind of stuff. So if you lie to me, I want you to know that I keep good records of those. But people are liars. I can't stand liars. Um, you know, they, they just have a, a, a lion's sense about them, you know, and, yep. and usually being a liar, it brings other junk. And, you know, once you lie, you got to keep on lying the world around. Yep. Uh, a lie yep. just has to keep on circulating around the world. Uh, liars stink, Stephanie. I want you to know it's that. True. 
literally and figuratively. And, uh, mm -hmm. and they're some of the world's ugliest people. People who lie are ugly. Have you noticed that? I, I've noticed that. Yes. Maybe because yes. they're lying. Yeah, it makes them look ugly. So, but God knows what you're saying. God knows the truth. We know the truth. And you can go around backbiting people, bad-mouthing people, lying about people. But one day, every knee shall bow. That's right. One day you're going to stand in front of a great God. One day you're going to stand what? in front of, yeah. I mean, there are people, yeah. I won't even answer the phone for people right now who call me because I don't need that whole lion juju thing going on. I mean, yeah. uh, I mean, don't you feel, is there anybody you're blocking right now on your phone? Oh, there are, yes, most definitely. Yeah, so if you well, want. Well, I think it's very, I think it's important to remember if you have any fear of God at all, you won't be lying. Lying lips are an abomination unto the Lord. I mean, God is very clear what he thinks about lying. Yeah. So if you're choosing to make that a part of your life, yeah. watch out because you are literally committing a, what God calls abomination. In other words, it's praise he God. Despises, he hates. That's so, right. And if yeah, you're if you got this imagination no that makes you, you know, in this whole imagination thing where, well, these people are sitting around talking about me or these people. And they mm -hmm. go tell people we know that we're sitting. Let me tell you, mm -hmm. we don't sit around and talk about anybody. We got too much to do. We got the L-I-F-E. We have a life. Get yourself a life. Grow up. Cut it out. You don't have to lie if you got a life. You know what I'm saying? That's right. That's I right. I mean, get a life, man. You know, if you have a life, you don't have to lie. That's all there is to it, Stephanie. I mean, you don't have to fake. Yeah. You don't have to lie. You don't have to pry. You don't have to talk about people. You don't have to have these weird imaginations wondering if people are talking about you when nobody is. We don't care about you. Uh, if you're out there and you think people are talking about you, people don't care about you. All right. Go to the people who care about you. Stop lying. When you're lying, you're frying. I don't know. I don't know if people are saved that just live that weird imagination-filled craziness. Uh, I don't know, Stephanie. I, I just, people freak me out who lie. And anyway, you're a knucklehead if you lie. That's all you got to know. Yeah. Listen, if you're lying, you're a knucklehead. Uh, if you're a knucklehead, you're going to lie. So if you look up the picture of liar, uh, there's going to be a picture of you. You look up the picture of knucklehead, there's a picture of you, and, and it cross-references liar. So... Anyway, so that's all yeah, I wanted to say, I Stephanie. I, I don't think we need to beat that up too much, but I think that's important. So here we are. We're in, you know, sometimes, and folks, I, I can't lie to you because I, I, I don't want to be the liar we just talked about. I'm actually copying over. I went a little bit overboard on this particular one, so I had to go back. And uh, Stephanie showed up, and she made me go back and retape some stuff and go over the top of stuff because she, go, she thought I might have said a little bit too much. And uh, so I didn't want to say too much. But anyway, Psalm 77 is cool. We're getting to the place where Psalm 77 is fun. We're getting to the place where some things start happening in 77. And right away, uh, we're going to be talking about decisions made. Then we're going to be talking about deliverance. And starting in verse number 10. And I said, this is my infirmity. But I will remember the years of my right hand, the most high. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember thy wonders of old. I will meditate also of all thy work and talk of thy doings. Thy way, O God, is the sanctuary. Who is so great a God as our God? 
Thou art the God that doest wonders. Thou hast declared thy strength among the people. Thou hast with thine arm redeemed thy people, the sons of Jacob and Joseph, Selah. The waters saw thee, O God, the waters saw thee. They were afraid. The depths also were troubled. The clouds poured out water. The skies sent out a sound. Thine arrows also went abroad. The voice of the thunder was in the heaven. The lightnings lightened the world. The earth trembled and shook. Thy way is in the sea, and thy path in the great waters, and thy footsteps are not known. Thou lettest thy people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Wow, he's talking about the deliverance that people have. But right out of that shoot, Stephanie, those first few verses, I mean, right away today, and I kind of like this, in verses 10 through 12, I think Asaph's making some decisions here. And I said, this is my infirmity. You know, and if we could do that, maybe we wouldn't have people who are freaking out if we could just acknowledge, like you said, admit, know what you're going through. But I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember thy wonders of old. I will meditate also of all thy work and talk of thy doings. Those three verses collectively, he's making a decision. What's going on with him there through 10 through 12? He's getting his eyes off of all of the questions. Yeah. And he's making a choice to say, but God. But God Amen. is still faithful. But Praise God the is Lord. still sovereign. But God is still yeah. the one who I've seen keep his promises in the past. He's going to keep them in the future. And I think that's the huge key to coming through a trial, coming through trauma, um, a survivor versus a victim. Um, if you like to wallow, in being a victim, your eyes are not your eyes are not fixed on the Lord in any way, shape, or form. When your focus is on staying a victim, yeah, your focus has to become being a survivor, and that doesn't mean you block out what you've been through um, to cope. It means you walk through what you've been through with the Lord's help, and He brings you through. Will there be residual um, questions? Will there be maybe effects? Yeah, because we're human. And that's what Asaph points out. This is my infirmity. I'm human. I have these struggles. I have these questions. But I will remember. I will remember. I will meditate. Um, He's making conscious decisions to change his focus. And I think that is the key to moving forward. You don't move on, you move forward. Um, If moving on is forgetting in the sense of, if you've been through trauma and you're afraid to work through it, you're afraid to come to terms with it, you're afraid to talk about it, that's the first step. Be willing to do the the first part of chapter 77. Be willing to come to terms with what you've been through. Work through it. Healing is a process. Um, we expect healing in the physical body, you know, in a, in a trauma situation physically to take however long it may take. But then we expect healing from a trauma to just like be this whammo. I'm going to erase this from my mind. Um, I'm, it's, you know, part of not, you know, I'm totally putting it in a back compartment. No, it, it will come out of that back compartment. So be willing to be honest 
and then be willing to come before the Lord and say, but God, you're still my God. Amen. And um, don't put a turtle shell around yourself thinking that that's the safest way to go through the rest of your life. The safest place to go through the rest of your life is to come to this point of looking to Jesus and letting him be the great physician. And when he's the one doing the healing, when it's not a superficial healing that you're trying to create, when he's doing the healing, yes, the pain will grow dim. Yes, he will give you courage. He will give you grace and his strength will be shown in your weakness. Wow, that's good, man. That's good. And, th and that's more than needs to be said for verses 10 through 12. It's excellent. Adding anything to that would be like uh, trying to put more frosting on a chocolate cake that already has an inch thick. It's just doing no good. It looks good. <laughs> but anyway, that's, that's the important. Get to that point. And, and folks, not moving on. I, I like the way you said that. How'd you say that? Not moving on. Uh, moving up. Trusting God. Moving, moving forward. Moving forward. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think that's really important. And that's what ASAP decided to do. And that's what we need to decide to do today. Are we, are we going to move forward? Are we going to still be eating that bitter pie? Or are we still going to be in that bad place? Are we still going to have that bad juju going on? Thy way, in verse 13, Stephanie, O God, is in sanctuary. Who is so great a God as our God? There's nobody. He's asking the question, who's as good as our God? Nobody's as good as our God. Our God is awesome. Our God is great. Our God is the best thing ever. Thou art the God that doest wonders. Thou hast declared thy strength among the people over and over again. Remember what he did in Israel? We're getting to the point of getting that, what he did. And thou hast with thine arm redeemed thy people the sons of Jacob and Joseph, and God has redeemed them, hasn't he? And boy, didn't he do a job with the sons of Jacob and Joseph? I don't know about you folks listening to us, but Stephanie and I love uh, Joseph's story. We love the whole Jacob thing. We like how Jacob was renamed. Boy, when God changes your name and he's not calling you outside of heaven, you've done something right. And uh, can I tell you that? And so what do you think about that? Thou hast with thine arm redeemed people. He's redeemed Jacob. He redeemed Joseph. What does that say to all of us? Wow. He's our redeemer. You know, those the Old Testament saints look fo looked forward to the promised Messiah. We look back on the risen Savior, the one who paid the penalty for our sin, who paid that ultimate sacrifice so that we could be set free from our sin, so that he could be our redeemer, and um, so that we could stand redeemed. Um, and justified before him, not because of anything we are, but because of all who he is. I mean, that's a beautiful, he has redeemed his people. Um, in this church age, Jew and Gentile, we stand redeemed because of his grace. Yeah, we stand redeemed. There's a song out there like that. We stand redeemed. Have you heard that song? Yeah, I'm trying. To, I was just trying to think through it. I'm not sure I know the whole thing, but yes. Yeah. So the water is so. So the other day, I pulled in a parking lot in Syracuse, New York, and I was writing a song. I was driving home from a, what used to be a mall, but because of all the closures and stuff in New York, is now is like three stores. But it's a big, huge old building that's shut down. Everything's closed in New York. You wouldn't believe it. It's the weirdest thing ever. But anyway, God put a song on my heart. I was driving back. I was listening to a preacher on a podcast. And man, God gave me a song. And I'm sitting in this parking lot and I'm writing out some words to share with Stephanie over the next few weeks. And 
Uh, we're, we're still catching up on some of our songs and things of that nature. But this cop pulls up to the window and he goes, yeah, you know, with his little siren there. And I rolled down the window and I said, sir, can I help you? He says, what are you doing? And uh, I said, I'm writing a song. He said, carry on. But the waters <laughs> saw thee, O God. The waters saw thee. They were afraid. The depths also were troubled. You know, our God is the God. Put your hand in the hand of the man that stilled the waters. Put, the, put your hand in the hand of the man that stilled the sea. Remember that old song? Probably not because it was kind of a little bit rock and roll. But back when I was a kid, that was the Christian song that made the mainline radio. And, uh, but the waters are afraid of God. You know, uh, what, what is that verse in 441 of the Book of Mark? Remember that one? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, yeah. what manner of man is this that even the wind in the seas, sea obey him? That's the God we serve, Stephanie. That's the God we serve. Mm -hmm. So I want to read these next verses kind of all in a row and then cover them here with Stephanie. And the clouds poured out the water. The sky sent out a sound. Nine arrows also went abroad. The voice of the thunder was in heaven. The lightnings lightened the world. The earth trembled and shook. Thy way is the sea and thy path is the great waters and thy footsteps are not known. Thou lettest thy people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. And he's talking about the strength of God. And maybe he's doing this, Stephanie. I don't know what you think here, but maybe he's talking about the strength of God and all these things God does because of our weaknesses, because of what he's going through, because of the junk of where he's at. I mean, what, what are you getting out of those last verses as we looked at that? Well, I mean, they're definite examples of what God had done. Um, they're definitely, it's, it's like Asaph is, is now that he's focusing on God's power, he's thinking through all these examples. You know, we see personification, a real good example. My um, English teacher would have loved verse 16. The water saw thee, O God. The water saw thee. They were afraid. The depths also were troubled. In other words, um, giving the waters and the depths a personality here and um, that they're portraying a fear of God. And wow, I mean, if, if waters and the depths can be portrayed as fearing God, how much more should we who are made in his image, who are supposed to be portraying his likeness to the world, how much more should we have a fear and respect of him and a trust in him um, when we realize his power that's, that's displayed here, whether it's the clouds or the skies, um, the voice of thy thunder, um, the lightning, all of these different ways. Verse 19, I, I think he's referring to um, to the Red Sea, to the crossing of the yeah. Red Sea when God um, did that incredible miracle of parting yeah. the Red Sea and they walked across on dry ground. Um, it's all about God. It's all about God's power. That's what I see in these last few verses and just that that's where Asaph is choosing to put his, that's where he's putting his focus now is on the power of God. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I think you could even go back to speaking of the sons of Judah, that they all formed the tribes, you know, the 12 tribes. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's, he's, I think he's got to that place, Stephanie, as we look at this. And, you know, the more you think about what he's saying in Psalm 77, the more you come back to a place that, okay, those first nine verses, they're not an aberration, folks. They're not, this happens to all of us. We've all had those middle of the nights where, you know, you you just want to call your best friend or wake up your spouse or kick the dog and say, hey, play with me. I mean, we've all had those middle of the night doldrums and yeah. craziness. And 
and bad times, but, but getting to that point where, you know, those three verses that you so eloquently talked about, 10 through 12, and then realizing, well, God's done all this stuff. You know, he's part of the Red Sea. He took, you know, Judas, uh, uh, you know, the sons of Jacob who became the 12 tribes of Judah. He's, he's Joseph, you know, he's uh, what he did with Joseph, you know, from 17 years old to 30 years old and second in charge of a kingdom and all these different things. He said, well, what can he do? You know, Asaph is finally getting to the place. Well, look what God could do for me. And, and I think the important thing here is we need to ask that question. What can God do for me today? What is it that God has for me today? What, you know, what can God do uh, to make my day better, to make my world better, to make my family better, to make my uh, relationship with him stronger, to, uh, to be in that cool spot, that great place. And uh, I think that's what's going on here. Thou let us thy people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron, and uh, God can lead his people. And you know, here's the weird thing. God can use us, and God does use us. If we choose, if we're all in, uh, I mean, God can use us if we choose. We have very little to worry about. I mean, isn't that what you're thinking here, Stephanie, yes. that the practical walk away with, the thing that person who's listening to us today uh, walks away with, hey, listen, if they could take Jacob and make 12 tribes of Judah out of his sons, if, uh, if they could take Joseph, a guy who was a slave and jailed, whose brothers hated him, who treated him upside down and put him second in charge of a country, if this God that can pot uh, the sea and no one sees the footsteps anymore, if, if this God can do those things, what's all the more that he can do for Stephanie Wesco? That's right. Yeah, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He hasn't changed. His promises haven't changed. And Romans 8.28 has to become your focal point of all things. Work together for good to those that love God. In other words, he's in enough control. He has all control so that he can work. Whether my it's my failings as in the life of Jacob or just take my decisions to trust him in the dark as he did in the life of Joseph, he can take all of those things and work them together for my good and his glory. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And I think that's a verse that should be on speed dial in our minds. That's something we should memorize mm -hmm. that uh, he can take the, the junk we're going. And there's people going through the end of life things, maybe Stephanie, that are listening to us and, yeah. and listen, you have our prayers, you have our thoughts, uh, but you have a great God who's waiting for you. That same God that potted the Red Sea, that same God, uh, that took Jacob, uh, the knucklehead who was a liar. And this is good for those of you who are liars who got better because of the knuckleheaded moment from Norton, uh, Mrs. Norton there. But I think that we, we get to this point. I, I think there's something that comes out of this. And, and the most important thing that comes out of today is this, uh, you need to have the relationship with God that when you have that, uh, one, two, three, all night or laying in bed upside down, that you don't look at that as something Stephanie said in the last podcast, that the heart is the center of our emotional system. But we got to remember that the heart can be desperately wicked without God. So we got to remember that even after that bad night, we got a great day to look forward to with God. Even where we are now, uh, you know, there's more ahead. There's great things coming ahead. We're, we're going to pass from death unto life. There's great things happening and all those things. And I think that's pretty awesome. 30 seconds, Stephanie, how would you wrap this thing up and what song would you recommend that we close this thing up with today 
Wow. Well, I think of um, I think of the song that comes uh, the song that was coming to mind earlier when you were reading through those verses was the song "My Heavenly Father Watches Over Me," and I know it, we've done that one before. But the concept of I trust in God, I know He cares for me. On mountain bleak or on the stormy sea, though billows roll, He keeps my soul. My Heavenly Father watches over me. And because of that, we don't need to fear. Because of that, we don't need to live in the constant state of um, of hypervigilance. And that's very easy for me to say because I struggle with living in that state thanks to the wonderful things that have happened in my life. And so it's that moment-by-moment decision to trust God. Now, it doesn't mean we purposely activate triggers and do stupid things um, to activate those triggers Um, we're supposed to be wise and simple concerning that which is evil and so you don't purposely put yourself in triggers in the way of triggers if you have ptsd and struggle with that but at the same time remembering god you're my salvation you're my rock you're my fortress and just the peace and calm that god gives you even in the midst of hyper vigilance even in the midst of a storm um to know that he's there he's walking the path with you he's already walked this path and he'll be with you the whole way amen that sounds like fear not my child and folks here's our here's our song one of the songs that stephanie and i love that uh, we wrote together and we would we would love for you to listen to it her music's so awesome on this song it really inspires me Listen, folks, we love you, folks. We'll talk to you soon. Listen to every word of this song. And today, make today about trusting God. Make today uh, the day that God can still, still your heart.
Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at woundedspirits.com.